Warning. 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 The Freestyle Club contains adult language. It is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. Take the blue pill. 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 Hey, this is DJ Michael X. I'm the newest member of the Freestyle Club. This is Freestyle Club with your hosts, the unknown admin, Raphael Reyes, and CPR, Jose Ortiz. Hello and welcome. Welcome to this week's edition of the Freestyle Club. My name is CPR Jose Ortiz, and I'm being joined by the unknown admin, Raphael Reyes. That's good, you bastards. And joining us on the third chair, DJ Extraordinaire, Mr. 69 himself, DJ Ecstasy. Welcome to the Freestyle Club. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's all good. Oh, so prim and proper. What is that? <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Look, look. We got to give it to him slowly. You know, there's no lube yet. Come on. All right. Well, what... <laughs> Uh, Michael Ecstasy, thank you for joining us here on the Freestyle Club. Uh, this episode will be hosted by the unknown admin, Raphael Reyes. Take it away, Raphael! The Freestyle Club. The Freestyle Club. Let's talk freestyle. Let's properly introduce our guest. He is a DJ, producer, iRadio station owner, and Facebook meme master, DJ Michael Ecstasy. <laughs> This dude be torturing people with his memes, especially his own people. So if you're in his inner circle, you have my condolences. Wow. You know, and I put you on such a pedestal there. Too, <laughs> <laughs> yep, I know who my target is tomorrow. King Pepsi. <laughs> Tell everybody how you got started DJing, Ecstasy. Well, I wanted to be a dance instructor. But, you know, I was white, so I didn't have the moves. So... <laughs> You know, it's kind of started out basically. My mother got me started in this whole crazy world of DJing way back in 79, back when, you know, music was music. Planet Rock wasn't invented yet. So, you know, so it, it basically started out where I couldn't stand disco. I was, a you know, a little, little metal punk head. And, uh, you know, I was a big fan of Kiss and uh, Kiss sold out, made a disco record. I think I rocked myself in a corner with my thumb in my mouth for like a week. And then after that, uh, I was begging them to get me turntables. And, and the next thing you know, here I am, 30-plus some years later. Hopefully, hopefully still relevant in the game and still making people smile. Who were your influences when you were growing up trying to DJ? I know, like, for me, it was Latin Rascals. It was um, Glenn Frischer. It was Tony Rocker, guys like that. How about for you in Philly? My reign didn't only just run with Philly. I mean, you know, basically my Uncle Frankie Sestito, he basically – was one of my main influences. He's literally is currently a chairman of the board of the Legends of Vinyl Hall of Fame for DJs. Him, Frankie Goodman, Michael Paul Vary, and then, you know, outside of Philadelphia was Richie Kazar from 54. Uh, all these guys were just a big, big influence in where I am at today. You know, and then I, then I take a little bit of pieces from every DJ I've ever come across, and just you can never stop learning the craft. You know, I mean, growing up pretty much in West Philly, you know, I mean, obviously Jazzy Jeff, Cash Money were a big, big part also as far as my um, influence with turntablism and gimmicks and just being 
I guess, different. <laughs> I haven't been a DJ that started off with vinyl and doing the digital thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of the two? Which setup do you like? Which more are you more comfortable with? Are you able to make the transition? Because some TJs are, are pure vinylist. They refuse to keep up with technology. Well, you know, to stay relevant in the game, you have to evolve with today's technology. Obviously, yes, I'll always be true to true vinyl and two 1200s. I mean, always. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You give me a Yuri in 1200s and I'll be in my glory for days. But making the transition over to digital really was... No different because I always wanted to learn on everything. Like I mean, I, I mean, I learned to mix with reel to reels. I've learned to mix with eight tracks. I've learned to pretty much, you know, with anything you could play music on. I wanted to learn it and um, do it the best I could. There was no um, really tough road for me. I mean, the toughest road for me, obviously, was probably just transferring all my vinyl to digital. <laughs> that was probably the hardest part. And what do you say to those purists that say you're really not DJing unless you learn how to DJ on vinyl? <laughs> You I laugh, basically right? I, this is going to be good. Yeah, I, I really do laugh at that. It doesn't matter. I mean, you know, Raph, I mean, you know me a very long time, and you knew, I mean, other DJs said that, you know, I basically could play the records that came off of cereal boxes. So it doesn't matter what you play on as long as you're playing it pure and true and you're not a push-button sync DJ, you know. That's the biggest thing. Technology has helped our craft so much, but in the same realm, it is it has made a mockery and a joke of the craft as well because it's made it so easy for anybody to say, Mommy, Daddy, buy me a controller, and here you go, I'm a DJ. Or, you know, hey, you know, I downloaded a bunch of stuff off of YouTube, and I have a friggin' radio show. And then, you know, I'm pretty sure we'll be getting back into the whole media streaming and how ridiculous that has become. There's an explosion, just to put it mildly, an explosion of, a of Facebook Live DJs out there, and they're using all kinds of various setups and gears. And honestly, I, I wonder if these guys are just learning because it, it seems like they don't know what beat matching is. They don't know how to come in on proper phrasing. Just can't even beat match Planet Rock. Well, that is a very technical record, Raph. I mean, it, it is a, it's one of the toughest records to make. <laughs> um, now I mean, it, it really, you can't quantize it. You can't, you can't sync it. You can't loop it. If I had my choice of erotica drum band, plug me to death and planet rock, planet rock by hands down is by far the hardest record I've ever mixed. We both know that CPR loves those long two hour planet rock mixes back to back. Well, right now there are new school DJs right now asking daddy, what is beat matching? Yes, they are. And, and in technology today, it'd be called beat gridding, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or beating off one or the other. They're doing something. I just know that when I look at um, what people are doing on social media when it comes to mixing or beat matching or trying to blend something together, they're lost. It's like they're trying to figure out trigonometry. And, and not even that. And it's a, the planet rock mixing into a planet rock is so hard for them. I always see people struggling and they may pretend that they're mixing or their mix is already done. And they oh, edit yeah. it, and they put it in, and they may pretend that they're mixing something that's already mixed. I always laugh at those types of, of DJs. Absolutely. There, 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 are, there are many shows that I see on um, Facebook Live where you won't even see the DJ touch the pitch or barely even move the fader. You know, how we all have our different generations. You know, you had the baby boomers, you have Generation X and everything else and all that fun stuff. This is the look at me, look at me generation. This is who cares about the music, who cares of playing it the right way. This is just basically, look at me, look at me. I have 80,000 viewers and listeners, and I'm famous. I, uh, I remember when I was younger and I was trying to learn how to mix, 
And, you know, I didn't have the money to buy 1200s. Uh, my first that set two was, of us. <laughs> yeah, my, my first set was the, the mixer that I saw on the, in the movie Juice. Um, oh, I, wow, okay. I, that, that black one. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, for me, that that was uh, the holy grail because of the fact that it was in the movies and I had the same mixer. And when we were in the theaters watching the movie, I had no idea that the mixer was already there. And then um, my friends would be like, yo, that's the mixer you got. It's in the movie. Or we would go to Radio Shack and get that uh, black one. Uh, was it realistic? or, or Absolutely. Sure. No, no, no. It was a realistic because my first setup, I kept asking my mom and my, my parents to get me 1200s. They got me Gemini 1200s every year. <laughs> so That was like blasphemy if they got you Gemini. Uh, oh, I had Gemini 1200s and I had the realistic mixer with the VU pin needles as, the, as, the, as your beat level, your meters. Um, and then I actually graduated up to the one that had the crossfader on it. And I was so happy with that. Well, for me, I was a welfare kid. I had a Technique 1500. My other turntable was uh, a Yamaha. And I could only compare it to those station wagons with the wood on the side. Wow. Okay. All right. So, but here's the thing. When, I, when people would see my setup, they would laugh. But then when they would hear me mix, they would be like, wow, I can't believe that you're creating that sound. With those cheap ass turntables. Exactly. So, but you know, back to the basically the question you know before, it doesn't matter what you play on; it's how you play. I mean, I learned off of the first turntables I ever touched with Technique 1100 A's. These things had a magnet on them that would take the fingerprints off your fingers trying to slow a record down. <laughs> um, pitch it on the top. Pitch it yeah, on the top. You couldn't pitch it on the top. It had a top hat platter, so you had to put your finger on the flat on the strobe with the little pin dial pitch controls. And then, you know, then we had the Bozak, of course. I mean, anybody who wants to, I, I would say, get in this game, I would tell them real simple. Go back to the history. Go back to play disco because... Um, you're playing with real bands. I mean, you're, you're not playing with, with bad quantizing. It's not full on the floor where it's predictable. I mean, it's like literally you got to work, <laughs> basically. You got to know exactly when to bring stuff in. I mean, technology, you know, go back to technology. Technology here counts the BPMs for you. No, go get yourself a stopwatch and count the beats like we did back in the day. I can tell you there are people right now that are like, what is he talking about? I don't understand. And you can hear it in their mix. <laughs> they don't even know what a BPM is, honestly. I look at some of these uh, setups to say that uh, creative is an understatement. I saw one guy where he had like four laptops and, <laughs> and the controller was the size of my iPad uh, mini. And I'm like, dude, are you mixing or are you launching a rocket? I don't understand what, what he's trying to do there. <laughs> Mr. Falcon, do you want to play a game? <laughs> The, the best thing that I can uh, show folks in regards to learning about beat matching and the only reference that I can give them is for them to go watch the first season of The Get Down uh, because... Great show. Great uh, show. Know, one of my favorite shows, and, and unfortunately it was canceled, it was a Netflix show, but if you watch the show The Get Down, especially that brilliant first part of the first season, they talk about these things that we're discussing now, especially uh, the, the uh, break. What do, you do, what do you do with the crayon? <laughs> yeah exactly what do you do with the crayon you take and uh you you mark it so you know um when where the breakdown is where the breakdown is and uh that's uh, i love that i love that show for that specific lesson making sure the get down part is ready to depart all right one two three four 
Check. Under the needle. Wait, what is what does under the needle mean? That means the beat is locked, loaded, and ready to go. Now, that beat is fresh, right? But you're racing against the imminent wackness. So remember, it's all about math, grasshopper. Two, three, four, check. Under the needle. One, two, three, four, I know many people were like, what is he talking about? Uh, you- it was a great show. Yeah, man, I'm so sad that it was uh, discontinued. Yeah, or, uh, two, two seasons wasn't enough. If you want to reference something, reference the Get Down season one, the first part, when they're learning how to DJ and, and how to find uh, the breakdown. Uh, it's right. pretty cool. Excellent show. And the thing is, it actually brought a lot of memories of of tracks that I've forgotten, too. Brought back Devil's Gun. I mean, friggin' um, Bus Stop by Fatback Fat uh, Larry's Band. Oh, I mean, just the soundtracks alone were just phenomenal. And then Grandmaster Flash's version of Apache. Unreal. Nobody knows the struggle until you have carried crates and crates of records to a show to well, or to a, a gig to now, DJ. I'm going to disagree on that, okay? And the reason why I'll disagree on that was because I played in, in, in nightclubs and our collection was already there, so we didn't have to carry shit. <laughs> so Great. Lucky you. Um, I was still crates of records from the corner store. Just so I was able to well, carry. Well, 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 no, I mean, you know, every Tuesday and Friday, you know, we were we were spending thousands of dollars a week on records and had to bring them to the club. But once we got them there, they stayed there. So I was stealing collections. I, I will have to be honest about that. I didn't have the money, so I was you know, stealing milk. I was stealing Wawa milk cartons. I would buy some. I would steal some. I would trade some. Stealing milk crates. That's that was our thing back then. Any up and coming, I always um, anybody that has ever come to me for help or tutelage. I take them back to the basics. I give them five records and I make them mix them back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, every which way possible. And when they're wrong, they got hit with a wiffle ball bat. Nice. It's like a dojo. Yeah, that's basically how I taught uh, um, Veronique how to mix was just the same two records back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until she knew it, you know, inside out without even looking at the screen, without nothing, just listening and pitching with her ears and that's you know that's basically how you got to do it man these guys they are staring at the screen what they're mixing i'm like what what are they doing i am honored to have learned the best of how to mix and match the beats in our music i love the fact that i was taught by people like jesus the juice vasquez that you know in this area he's a legend and now he's he's a great guy he he's amazing you gotta listen to some of the juice of mixes that he did on cassette they're legendary. He's the person that taught me how to use the reel to reels to to mix and to edit. He's that great, and I'm fortunate enough to have had him as a mentor and him teaching me these things. I was fortunate enough to be on a st- on a station with him. So yeah, he is a great guy, and I have a lot of respect for his talent as well. Two other guys that people could be watching on the opposite sides of the spectrum. You have DJ Potts, who's a vinyl DJ, and sometimes he'd be putting on those clinics with his you know three turntables. And you yeah. have uh, DJ Smooth One that's a digital DJ on the opposite side. Incredible. So there you got two guys that are putting up good mixes, great mixes, 
and, and they're do, using two different types of technology. So it could be done. It, it just, you know, what Absolutely. you're comfortable with and, and just knowing the music. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, there's been any given times on, on my shows as well where I'll switch to regular vinyl from the digital. But, yeah, me and Cliff actually have something planned because – I'm going to be taking a trip up there, and then we're going to be doing a little vinyl assassin session between with me and him. Oh, that'll be great. You, him, and if we can drag out Bryski from his cave, that'll be awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. I also want to send a big shout-out to DJ Personal. Uh, Personal and I go way back uh, to when I first started learning how to DJ, and I remember him and I being a DJ, uh, we used to call him the Skywalker. He was like our master, our Jedi. And he would bring us to the basement of this building that was full of records, and he would teach us how to mix. And I remember that, you know, I became a mentor to personal because I was a little further uh, along than he was. And so I got to teach him about mixing. And, you know, we've known each other mostly all our lives. He's a great friend of my brother. But to see him now on Facebook Live and being a traveling DJ to multiple iRadio stations, I, I think it's pretty great. A natural path for DJs such as yourself is to become a producer. So tell me a, a little bit on what made you want to become a producer. Well, what basically made me want to become a producer was basically because it, it, it helped me with my further knowledge of playing, being able to break down the beats, where they're supposed to be, where things are supposed to come in at certain times. But not only that, it was just pretty much more is... I got a little bit sick and tired of hearing cookie cutter tracks coming out, especially like when the whole, I mean, like I really didn't get into producing until the whole freestyle with a kick drum movement came out EDM. And that's when I started to get more into production. Like I did a lot of remixes and stuff like that back with Polygon and stuff like that back with some of the freestyle tracks. I had 50 million ghost producers in a room at any time, but it's just being able to take the creativity end that I put into my playing and putting it into production is what kind of made me want to get more into that. And uh, as, you know, hopefully we'll see soon with my uh, Santana Twins Ride of Five mix that I take a whole different spin on freestyle. Raph, you already heard it. It's just daring to do something different, not to be the same. I, I, I don't produce music for the masses or to meet puppets or to sheep. <laughs> I, I produce it for what I want to hear. And the he way said, I need, he, he said meat puppets. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like I said, I mean, modern day radio is the mass production of sheep that I've ever seen. There's so many artists that are out there that should not even made it through the birth canal with, with the songs that are coming out today and getting played. I mean, the old story is a record producer walks into a radio station with a CD and an envelope. The radio DJ takes the friggin' envelope, listens to it, and says, yeah, this is number one. Throws the CD in a pile. You never even hear the song, but it makes number one. The quality of music, I mean, I, I always will be true to Deep House and stuff like that, just because it brings you back to your roots of disco. Freestyle, my biggest problem with freestyle, I mean, I love the genre. It's basically what's made me, you know, my, my known anyway. But my biggest issue with that was it has never evolved. There's very far and few evolving tracks or um, artists that are even making tracks today that have evolved from the original cadence of freestyle. 32 intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, break, verse, out. That's it. And it, this is what I don't get the most is like, you know, we were talking about how these DJs don't know how to mix the records. And you're 100% true. They don't. 
they're supposed to talk to each other. They're supposed to make sense. They're supposed to take you on a journey. You know, everyone talks about, you know, well, you know, you're mixing out a key and everything else. That's because they don't have the knowledge. They, 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 don't, they, don't, they don't take the time to learn the craft. Yeah, I mean, I've been, put, I've been putting in my time since, you know, early ages of middle school to where I used to skip school after my fourth, my fourth class period and make mixtapes all day till midnight. Mixing key with freestyle, yeah, well, I, I could go it's either way with that. It's kind of tough to do when no one's in key. Right, yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole other thing, right? For me, it's, it's song selection, you're right. The mix should be telling a story, the songs should be flowing into each other, but the, the, the song selection is lacking in some of these mixes or, or, or live shows. And I, I guess maybe, I don't know if they're preparing or if they're mixing enough or if they have enough songs. But it just doesn't seem, it just seems like it's just random song after random song after random song just to keep the mix going. It's the de-evolution of freestyle. Yeah. You mentioned Smooth One. I love listening to Smooth play. I really do. I have a high respect for him. He takes a chance. He, he doesn't play the familiar. And that's, that's the thing. It's like when you say you don't have enough song selection. Well, yeah, you don't because there's only the same 40 top freestyle songs you can play so much. There was a point in time if I think if I heard On the Loose one more damn time, I was going to jump off a bridge. Oh, my God. You know? So but there was a lot of good freestyle, don't get me wrong, and there still is. I mean, like Pain. When Pain came out, I thought it was basically being reinvented when Pain came out. The stuff that Payne was was putting out was just so deep and dark and just like haunting that it gave you a feeling of hope again. And then all of a sudden, you know, what else came out after after them? Really, I think I stopped basically. Let's see, my first son was born. I was twenty. That's pretty much when I stopped playing freestyle. That that happened to me too. It was the early '90s where I switched genres and. and and when my son was born, that was basically one or two more years after that. But I didn't play any freestyle during that period. I was playing house. Absolutely. Like for me to play free, me to do a freestyle set now, I have to be in a mood. <laughs> and it's very far and few. So you have mentioned you're doing a mix for the Santuana Twins for the Ride at Five. Mm-hmm. And, and I find it interesting that you're actually producing the mix from scratch. Where, that is correct, yes. I, I see a lot of DJs, some of them, I'm not going to mention any names, but they're giving like old mixes, five-year-old, ten-year-old mixes in some cases, and they're turning those in, <laughs> and here you are, yeah, here you are making something from scratch. So I really love that I, that concept, and I don't understand why. If you got a, a, a chance to shine, dude, you know, shine and make it, you know, tell them, hey, give me a couple of weeks so I can come up with something really good for you guys. Instead oh, of giving them something oh, oh, that's been heard before. There's no rush on this. I started this back in June. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, um, to let people know, what is the Ride at Five? The concept of the Santana Twins Ride at Five, because there may be some people that I may not be aware of this well, Ride at Five concept. They would, they would be better to explain their whole concept and their idea of what they're doing. But what they're doing is they're giving select DJs a, a showcase to... Uh, you know, just to, to be on their stuff, and then they take off. They take like the last ten minutes of of the show. It's only a half hour show. They take the last ten minutes to display their new edits, new material that's been coming out, and stuff like that. Which is a really cool concept because because a lot of the stuff, a lot of a lot of people aren't going to get a chance to hear because it's not going to make mainstream radio. So you're only going to hear it on mixed shows. What they're doing is really cool. Like the, their very first episode was with one of my all time 
idols in freestyle producing, and that's Carlos Barrios, one of my all-time favorites. And I listened to his his session, and it was just you know it was just magical because it's it's Carlos Barrios. It's done in his style. It's like it's funny when you hear that the new running, you know who it is. You know it's Carlos Barrios the minute you hear it. There's no question about it. You were saying like a lot of these guys who who've done their mixes and, and they've all they, you know they've all been de- you know decent everywhere else, but a lot of these guys they just take edit after edit or they'll take the best versions of the dubs and stuff like that and they just mix it all together to make it sound like a bunch of noise and it's just you know I, I, I wanted to be different. I wanted to be different and I and I talked to Luis and I said, look, I said this is my vision, this is what I want to do. And he says as long as it has freestyle elements in it. I said, don't worry, I'll put a yeah, just hit me in there once in a while. It'll be fine. We'll see where it goes. I mean, people, some people are going to dig it who have an open mind and some people will be like, well, where's the original? And then there's going to be some people asking me for the versions that I did. So it's going to be fun. Right now, it's time for the topic of the week. This is the Freestyle Club. Topic of the week. Let's talk freestyle. Besides being a DJ, a producer, you're also an iRadio station owner. What on earth made you want to create your own iRadio station? Are you looking in the mirror right now? <laughs> I owe it all to you, my big brother. <laughs> uh, I know. I can't take the blame, no. <laughs> After I was, you know, was recruited um, graciously by you and uh, Veronique and Ted and everything for Freestyle.fm, we then ventured into a sub-sister division of all dance fm which had a lot of movement going and, and everything and then just you know things happen yeah actually um, it was starting to beat a freestyle that was towards That's the what end I'm saying. Yeah. i mean yeah we were starting to really pick up steam on that one which was you know i mean granted i mean freestyle.fm will always be you know what introduced me to a lot of people which you know i'm ever grateful for but um for the main part of it is after all dance FM, I jumped around from station to station to station and just saw these guys not running it the way you did. So, you know, me being as true and loyal as I am, I came knocking on your door and said, Hey buddy, what do you think of this idea? And I came up with the Philly mix and you know, you not a problem. Hands down, helped me out through the whole process, got me going. And, uh, you know, because you knew I was going to do it the way that you showed me. No fake numbers, no bullshit, no smoke and mirrors. No, oh my God, your show's banging. You got 10,000 10, <laughs> listeners from, yeah. from East Jabib, Kakazan or whatever. And there's no proof. So that's, you know, one of the main reasons why I wanted to do my own. Plus, I wanted to give myself and other DJs the chance to be DJs again, not have a genre restriction to play what they want to play and give them a, a showcase to where, you know, a DJ could break a record again and, and not be copycat of all the 50 million other things, other stations. And that was the, one of the main reasons. It wasn't, there was no monetary reason, obviously, because we all know that, that that doesn't happen. It's basically, as I said, just my love for just music and entertaining people. Then that integrated into... Me getting, you know, like just like you, Raph, burned out of having to always be at the computer. DJ's not showing up on time for their shows. You have to kick the stream to put them in. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm done. 
So I pulled it off after five years, and uh, now I'm back. <laughs> you took a little break, and now you're back. So what's different? Well, after a a, a sour experience with a, uh, a station, uh, after that experience that I had with them, it, it basically was like, you know what? I thought about it, and on my very last show where I knew I was walking away from that station, I played my Philly mix drop. And that was pretty much the conclusive of, yeah, I'm bringing it back. I understand. So it was just uh, the way, they were, again, the way they were running their stations. Because I know you belong to a, a lot of different stations along the way. Absolutely, yeah. And I'm always the mercenary DJ at hire for, uh, for Lex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The go-to DJ when he needs uh, someone to do a, a, a drive-a-thon on one of those. Uh, all right, all right. Let's not bring up my charity work that I did, and I should have did it for my own station instead of his. Okay, let's not bring that up. <laughs> well, let, so see, do, we, is- do we want to talk about those types of, of, of topics, or do we want to just fly by them? Because uh, it's just a lot of information that uh, is not being said during the conversation. We could talk about them, like I said, but, I mean, I, 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 I'm – Certain things that, yeah, I mean, need to go. There were life lessons and moved on. And karma comes back to people. That's all there is to it. And the fact that the Philly mix coming back, you know, evolved a lot of other things that have come up. United by Music, they emerged uh, and everything else. So, I mean, pretty much the exportation of that one station was a downfall of a couple stations. So. I just feel like they 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 never um, acknowledge that. Like it's something like, oh well, that happened, so let's move on and let's continue still doing our thing. And I don't think they learned a lesson, or do they? I don't think they cared. No, 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 they don't. You're absolutely right. They they don't care because to them, you know, they're they're the cat's meow. It doesn't matter. They'll go through every DJ who wants to have a show. They'll go through every one of them, and they'll try to, you know, they try to manipulate them and make them, you know, higher up than what they really are. We know that for a fact. I mean, we, we, you know, we had that whole, there was that whole uh, thread that went on forever about numbers for, for the person that I'm talking about. Um, he, you know, he tried to question your numbers, CPR, and everything else. But, you know, I mean, the thing is, your proof was in the pudding. You, you basically put your numbers right out there for everyone to see. And if you didn't, Raph would have found a way to put them up. So it's fine because, you know, Raph does his homework and people don't understand that he's the unknown admin for a reason. He's behind the scenes in a lot of these stations. Do you think that act of putting numbers up and uh, letting people know the truth is a bad thing to do? Because for some reason... It didn't put us in a good light or in favor of uh, doing the right thing. It felt like we were uh, the bad guys for letting people know the actual truth versus that that imaginary number that they always put out. Any person who speaks the truth is the bad guy. There's there's no doubt about it. But it is the right thing because you're basically kind of – I don't want to use the word internet radio bullying, but in a way you kind of are because you're coming out there and you're making yourself out to be something that you're not. And, you know, I mean, I'll be the first to say, hey, the Philly Mix numbers, ain't, you know, they ain't what they are. But guess what? It ain't about the friggin' numbers. It's about the music and giving people the option to go listen to something different. It, it, uh, the, the numbers are numbers, whatever. It doesn't do nothing. It doesn't make any of us any richer or nothing. 
Uh, if anything, we're losing money because we paid to have the stations up. So you're not gaining anything by saying, oh, my God, I, I, you know, we have 10,000 listeners. We have this, that, and the other thing. No, you don't. You have two lonely people sitting home at a laptop who have nothing else better to do than sit there and listen to you. That's it. <laughs> it's simple. I totally agree. For the most part. I mean, I'm not here to, you know, make enemies, make friends or anything. I mean, I'm here to play music. That's what it's about. It's about the friggin' music. And until people can get past that and all the like the live video crap and all that crap, it's never going to mount to anything. Subscribe to the Freestyle Club. Freestyle on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Google Play, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Visit thefreestyleclub.com, cprsclubhouse.com, and theunknownadmin.com. The Freestyle Club. The Freestyle Club. Let's talk freestyle. Like I was saying earlier, I totally agree. For the most part, I just stay in the background and I look to see how stations are doing, to see if they're trying something new, if, if they're just sticking to the old stuff, if it's just um, the stations on autopilot. And when that person came into my, my Facebook page and started spewing all these things, you know, it's one thing for you to tell your audience on your page whatever you want. That's your business. But when you come on my page, I, I can't give you a free pass. I just can't. And, nope. and you notice at the end of all that, you know, you have people fighting back and forth. But when I put up the station's actual numbers that was the end <laughs> was of the awesome. conversation yeah, that was the end of the conversation you didn't hear a peep from the other side after nope that. nope well, and the then dr- you, the you were unfriended and deleted and everything else after that too yeah, you know that but to me the, to me the drawback was that we lost someone that was allegedly a friend of ours or down with us some way somehow from back in the day on freestyle.fm and they just like, well, I'm, I'm done with this click now, so I'm going to unfriend you guys because you guys are, have never been anything to me. And then they press that unfriend button just because we put the real numbers out. Okay. Well, you know, hey, truth hurts. You know? Well, but the thing is, is the, I understand that that was his station and he was defending his station, but he knows us. He knows we don't play around. When, when we say something, we mean it. If we say that a certain thing is A, it's because we researched it and we know that it's A, it's not B. So he should have known. But, but again, you know, he was trying to defend the station, but what he said was, you know, I looked in the group and there was no such thing. That conversation never happened. Well, dude, you're not in the inner circle to know what's going on. You're a new DJ there. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, and uh, as, you could, as you well know, Ralph, I, I've always forwarded you some of these messages that um, freestyle artists or people behind the scenes get from this individual from the radio station. Something that we just choose not to really get into or, or publicize. I just hate bad information. I, it's just my biggest pet peeve because I was also Fake a person. News. I was also a person that was on an iRadio station and the person on the iRadio station would tell me, you had 10,000 listeners and please uh, send me $20 so I'm able to keep the station going. And, and that happened for so many years, you know, and I knew it was bullshit, but, you know, after a while you said, like, you know what, I don't want to continue living this lie, you know what I mean? So you tell them, I said, listen, I know the truth, you know, I just give you the money because I know you don't have none, but, 
you know, it just sucks that it's just this big facade and is yeah. a is a big melting pot of nothing. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, Absolutely. It, it's it, all it all goes back to the look at me, look at me generation. Absolutely. And if, if you tell the truth, if you present facts, you're not then seen they, as someone with knowledge. You're seen as a hater or, or, or someone that's trying to bully. And it, it doesn't make any sense. You can't continue that conversation. You just have to cut it off and, and, and let them go on. And then if people believe it, they believe it. You know, it's on them. You know, in this specific topic, I radio stations, I'm with the guy. Rafael Reyes is the guy. Absolutely. He's the guy. He's the iRadio station. You Just can't... the thought of him has me touching myself. Oh, my God. <laughs> nice. But, no, but, you know, Rafael Reyes is the guy. There, there would be no iRadio stations, multiple, if he is the, the, the what do you call that, the beginning point of something? The alpha? Uh, he's the alpha of iRadio stations. Especially... Is, he, is he the omega, too? It, especially when it fucking comes to freestyle, how many how many i radio stations and how many boards did Rafael Reyes built for other people? I, there's countless. Yeah, I don't have enough, I don't have enough toes to count. You know, he he not only did he he do um, whatchamissing.com, did not only do freestyle.fm, all dance FM, but a lot Philly of the mix, fun- he, the Philly mix, he did. You know, I, I believe he helped out Legends of Freestyle. I, you know, as I said, he was there to help everybody, even Freestyle Fanatics, I believe. Weren't you, Raf? Yeah, Freestyle Fanatics. Oh, uh, yeah, which, which that was the station I was told I scr- you know, that I scratched too much, so I shouldn't be uh, you know, <laughs> on the station because there's no scratching in freestyle. Yeah, that, that's another Oh, wait, thing somebody else said that, too. Yeah, he's, he's in his grandmother's basement at the moment. Okay. Oh, my God, yeah. That, that's the thing that, you know, as an iRadio station owner, dude, you, you picked a DJ – ask the dj to be on your station for a reason it's because you believe in him let him do what he does yeah especially especially when you know the dj has like pretty much manually you you know your highest numbers and you say oh no he scratches too much get rid of him (laughs) which is a stupid thing to do because that ruins the art so it's okay to edit to the point where you know it's not it's not like somebody's choking right but you can't scratch i mean that makes no sense so what what's the point of of being a dj and mixing and, and having it, an art form to me it was more of a personal thing because there was another dj that was on the station who who's incredible um dj destruct phenomenal dj as well very talented very good turntablist and he was he remained on the station so it was more of a personal thing whatever so be it you know, as an iRadio station owner, guys, you know, your product is the DJs. Treat them right. Tell them the truth. Tell them what they're doing. If they're only getting 10 listeners or 20 listeners, let them know so they can try to and build up their audience more. If you tell them they got 10,000 listeners, what's the incentive for that DJ to go out and, and promote himself even more? There's no there's no reason to. If you got 10,000 listeners. If you got 10,000 listeners, you're not on iRadio. You're on regular radio. Exactly. So, and, and, and what it is. I got 10,000 listeners. It's an ego stroke. So people just go with it, you know, and, and, and that's part of the problem too, you know. Uh, I could tell you at, at Freestyle.fm, we never peaked over 1,000 concurrent listeners. I know that. I know that too, because you showed me the numbers. <laughs> yeah, and I and I can tell you if there's any stations out there that has a seal saying they pay royalties, I can guarantee you they don't. They they're not even breaking a hundred listeners. No, because no. there's no royalty company. 
that exist that can handle that many listeners. They, they just can't. The, one of the reasons we closed, well, the big reason that we closed is that we had so many listeners that we went through three different companies as they shut down because they couldn't keep up with the demand. That bill was like $900, $300 a piece. That was insane. Oh, my God. It, you know, and, what, and what, you- what was it? Loud City? Was that the one? Well, at first it was SWCast that got sued by the music industry for not paying their royalties. So we had to find uh, another one that was Loud City. And then we went from Loud City to the stream, the stream license. license. Right. Yeah. But stream licensing couldn't handle. They don't have a package in place to handle us. No. So that's how I know. It, and, and I contacted them recently and I told them, listen, uh, and, and, and I gave them like a third oh. of what we were getting on Freestyle Data from I told them, I get anywhere between 100 to 150, maybe 200 listeners tops. And they're saying, sorry, we can't, we can't license you. No, well, we, we, we were a pretty big package to handle. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I'll be happy to say, you know, I have to say right now that the Philly Mix currently, and then I'm not one of them, has three listeners right now. Right. So I think a, a big part of that is that the game has changed. It's no longer about iRadio stations, the only way to listen to music, but like it was back when we had Freestyle.fm. Now Facebook True, Live right? has taken oh, over. Oh, jeez. Oh, and, yeah, and so Facebook now live. it's no more lying about the, the station numbers. It's lying about your viewing numbers. It's ridiculous. And so now the iRadio stations know for a fact that they're not getting any listeners, even with the apps, they're not getting anyone to no, listen to them they're, at all. They're, they're not. But, but see, here's the funniest thing about it is all these cats doing their Facebook live shows, don't they know that half of their shows are being muted out because of royalties? And they just sit there and play and play and play and think that these people are actually hearing what they're playing and they're not. It's being muted out. The algorithm that Facebook hired is the same one that YouTube used, SoundCloud used, and it's like literally so advanced that there's no way around it. They're going to nail you for royalties and they're going to block your video. They're going to kick it off. They're going to bump it and they're going to mute it. Right. And, and so now they're stuck going to Periscope and they divide whatever audience they may have. Divide that by 20, you know, and now you have three people again. That's fine with me. If I have three people that are honestly listening, that's great. But see, here's the other thing is you have so many shows that are on Facebook Live at one time and everyone's playing the same music. Um, You'll have the same exact people in the chat room of each of them shows saying the same thing to the same DJ. Oh, DJ, you're fire, you're fire, you're fire, whatever. But needless to say, none of them are listening. (laughs) They're sitting there watching TV. They're just there for the chat. That's the thing. For a couple of weeks, I, I stopped doing video on my, my shows. I just put up a slideshow. Reason being is because I'm ear candy. I'm not eye candy. There's no reason why you need to see me play. You listen to me play. <laughs> so this whole thing, and not only that, it's like every time you click on a view and you're even there for a second, it counts as one view. So you can click on and off of a certain DJ show 50 million times and, and you, all you're doing is just producing fake numbers and, and you're, and you're boosting that ego up. I made the switch. I have no intentions of ever going back to Facebook live. Even if they do allow the royalty thing to go through, I don't see it happening. They're probably, if they're smart, what they'll do is they'll make a whole nother platform and they'll make people pay for the subscription. <laughs> you, people who play freestyle don't like to pay for shit. So yeah, that's true. 
Tune in next week to the Freestyle Club for the exciting conclusion.